Hey, Fairborn City Manager Rob here with Megan Howard. Hi, Megan. Hi, Rob. How you doing? Well, I'm not in Florida this time, so right. You um, sound a little closer this time. Yeah, so I'm I'm doing well, but not as good as I was last time. <laughs> Absolutely. This is episode. Did I get thirty thirty three. Thirty three. Okay. Although it is as equally hot here as it was in Florida. Yeah, it's it's a scorcher right now. So uh, let's. Uh, we are super excited to have our next guest come on. We're here with Fred Domicone. Fred, how you doing? I am doing good. Thank you very much for being a part of this. We are. We are super excited to hear some of your stories because you've got some pretty amazing history and I want to try to get into much of that. But why don't you start with just grew up in Fairborn, graduate of Park Hills High School. Let's talk about you, you know, young Fred Domico and growing up in Fairborn. Uh, let's see. I got here when I was five. My dad was transferred to Wright Pat okay. and he ran the uh, the printing company there. Um, Wright Pat Printing did the uh, uh, at Wright Pat as a sergeant and ran their facility. Um, and so I started, my youth was mostly printing Okay. from age eight. So, you know, not a lot of equipment, not a lot of whatever. And he was doing the stuff out of his garage when he wasn't working at the base. And you would do things like collate around the table or manually staple stuff or whatever. So I was, I was there. So they just kind of used my labor. (laughs) Of course. Yeah. Great. Um, graduated from Park Hills High School. You were a football player. Yes. Um, you were not one of the last classes that went through Park Hills, but one of the, I'll say, within the last 10 years of Park Hills closing and, and consolidating, right? Yeah, we were, I would left there in 78. Okay. my last year. And then went to UD, University of Dayton to right. play football. Right, yeah. Talk a little bit about that. You actually, you're a national champion. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty exciting. Um, it was a... Uh, I loved UD. UD was a lot of fun. It was interesting, though, because you went from being a Viking to a flyer. Okay. And that took some getting used to, right? Uh, right. I mean, it's been my whole life thinking that there was a, a, a fence that the bad people were on the other side of town. <laughs> right. right. We're it's flyers. Just, just recently that I'm finding out that we're all just the same. I kind of am disappointed that we didn't, weren't able to spend more time, though the rivalry was fantastic. I mean, it really was. Really? Yeah. Um, but it was... Uh, you know, it was a lot of propaganda from the, especially from the football side. Those guys are terrible. They're all smoking dope. They're all smoking <laughs> cigarettes. They don't work out. We need to go over and straighten them out. And I'm sure they were getting the same things. So right. You kind of grew up thinking, man, those guys are terrible. But it was, <laughs> you know, I've got to meet a lot of the other side of town. And, and yeah, I'm really sad that we didn't spend a lot of time with them. Interesting. As as we did. Yeah. So, yeah, I went to UD. Um, I was with Rick Carter. Rick Carter was a great coach. Um, he... I had a bunch of uh, some mid mid college level offers. I chose UD because they were just coming off their. Um, they went from Division One to Division Three, but we were the first full class that went to Division Three. Our okay. whole recruitment class was Division Three, but they were under Division One contract for the next four years. Hmm. So even though you're not playing in the MAC or whatever, we were playing Iowa. We were playing um, Liberty. We were playing. Um, Miami of Ohio. I mean, okay. some to us, some pretty big schools. And even my senior year, we finished up with uh, Eastern Kentucky, which was um, probably the best team we played the whole time I was there. And really? they, they had several kids that went to the pros, and they were always really a, a Division Two championship. So Interesting. Yeah, we had a great time. So we were talking beforehand, the 1980 national champion team at UD is considered the best team UD has ever had, correct? 
Uh, I think so. Yeah. yeah. We, uh, the, the stats that we had were amazing. A lot of them, uh, Graydon Pruitt, who was a running back. I think he's, he still holds all the running back stats. Um, and we won the national championship. I think I played, gosh, I bet maybe through half, maybe not. I mean, we won 63 to nothing and they sat us all down. Right. We were just embarrassing these guys so bad. No kidding. I, I think Carter felt a little bad, but yeah, it was amazing. What was that like being in the midst of a, I mean, obviously, do you know that you're a great team in the middle of it or, you know, what's it like to be in that hunt for a, a national championship? Cause not many people can say that. I mean, that's a, that's a rare thing. Uh, it's funny. They used our, um, our highlight reel at UD. Now, now again, this is 1980, right? Yeah. I think through the two thousands, really? there's all these guys in these big white ties and big sweaters and, and yeah. goofy hair and, and the whole seventies, eighties look. Yeah. Um, but that's who they, cause what we did on the field was amazing. And, and I think it, you know, I, I always said that, that, you know, it's especially from an offensive lineman standpoint, um, when you're on the field or you're with this group of guys, they are your guys. Right. So it's like you take a bite of a Snickers bar, you hand it over and you right. hand it over and you hand it over. You know, I mean, there was a sense of love in, in, in that situation. And that's the only way you can get these guys to work together. So I guess the answer to your question is we feel we knew we were good. Right. We just knew we were good and we knew we would win. And the uh, the. Um, game before the national championship because you go through a bracket system right. in Division Three. Uh, we were down twenty-four to nothing to Widener in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. and we went into the locker room and it was like the the big statement was we got to believe because we know who we are and we know what we can do. And we came back and won twenty-eight to twenty-four, wow. um, and it was wow. we knew we were going to win. We knew we were better. And I think we just carried that through, that whole mindset through. Even when you talk to Mike Kelly years later, he would describe our team as he didn't know what we were doing. They didn't put a lot of emphasis on keeping track of what we were doing. Once again, it's the 80s. It was kind of loose. Right. But no bed checks. No, there was nothing. He said, whatever you guys did, as long as it was legal, yeah. <laughs> we just wanted to make sure we didn't want to ruin whatever mojo you guys had. Wow. And yeah, it was, it was, uh, it was a lot of fun. We really enjoyed it. I had a, a football coach tell me one time, he, there's a, a quote, and maybe this is applies to this team. It's whether you think you can, or you think you can't, you're right. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's the having the mindset that you, you know, you can do this Yeah, is half the battle. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I've been on other teams before, and you start getting behind, and there's a lot of there's a lot of chatter in the huddle, right? Right, and it's negative. When we were down to Widener, twenty four to nothing, none of that. Interesting. There was more just, yeah, come on, guys, we can do this. Yeah, they're not that good. You know, <laughs> this is just stupid stuff happening to us. Let's let's fix this. And then you told me before, and what was the final score in the national championship game? Sixty three to nothing. Oh yeah. my gosh. Yeah. So, which I mean, that's that's crazy. So. So you're a you're a legend on a legendary team at UD, right? Um, that's a that's an amazing thing. You graduate from UD. What happens to Fred Dobbin after that? Uh, interesting. I uh, for those of if you're familiar with It's a Wonderful Life yep. with Jimmy Stewart. So my brother was running our printing company. Um, there was not room or the money for both of us. Hmm. Um, oil was real big in Texas. I was getting married uh, a month from my graduation and uh, I was going to head to Houston, 
had some contacts down there and thought I'd head down there and find an oil job or whatever. My wife had another year of college to go. And I got this call before my last final that my dad's business was burning and I needed to come home. Oh, wow. So I came home and once again, it's the eighties. So they had a little bit of yellow tape up, but basically there was people everywhere from our insurance agent to, you know, people just spectators and that sort of thing. And the, uh, Fire chief came up to me and said, if you can't keep your dad out of the building, we're going to arrest him. Because my father kept going through the back door <laughs> and trying to get stuff out and grab what he could. And, you know, they just kept pulling him out. Um, so my brother, uh, we're 10 years apart. He grew up in California. I grew up in Fairborn. Um, he said, there's no money in this town. They're building the overpass over the over on Maple. He said it's going to kill yeah. all the traffic here. Take the insurance money. Let's go home, which is California to all right. my whole family except for me. Um, and my parents said, you know, we're not ready to do that yet. So they looked at me and said, "Do you want to help us?" <laughs> and so instead of going to Houston, right, I got a job with Prudential just to, while we were rebuilding their business and. Uh, Helped them rebuild, and then it just kind of been there ever since. No kidding. Yeah. Has it been in the same location since your dad moved out of the garage? Uh, garage to a basement okay. to where we're at now. I think they moved in in 1970. Okay. So as a kid growing up, it was interesting. We had – so before my dad retired from the Air Force, what what he did was he worked with the several large contractors that fed our print shop. Okay. So – what they did was government war contracts. This is the middle of the Vietnam War. Right. So if you needed a tank tread, you needed some sort of requisition that got printed in our shop. Okay. So they would get the work from the government printing office in Columbus. Then my dad would go up and get it. So when I came home from school, they moved to a basement. They'd moved to a basement, and there was ten or fifteen people working in our basement. Wow. And <laughs> we would be. I would come home from school, and there would be all the guys sitting around waiting for my dad to get back from Columbus with the work. So we, I'd come in and all these guys are watching clubhouse 22. I don't know if you remember. Oh yeah, of course. Malcolm and Duffy, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I would come in and there they were, you know? And so then my dad would show up, they'd all run downstairs. They'd work till two and two, three in the morning and then everybody go home and they just, just repeat, rinse and repeat every. So, wow. You know, I'm 10 years old and I was probably more in the way than not and begging to run a machine and, Right. begging to do this and begging to do that. And then um, as I got through high school, same sort of deal, but I would actually sleep there on school nights. Okay. So they had a cot set up. So my rule was you can work till 11. Yep. You, need to, you need to go to bed at 11. So I slept there and they'd have one of the employees because they'd work all night would take me to school. No kidding. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's truly in my blood. Yeah. But, uh, and it's probably why I played football because... It was too much work. Right. Wasn't a big football fan. Wasn't a big sports fan, but it was like, I got to get out of here. <laughs> you need a break. <laughs> yeah. I need a break. So, cause it was like, school's over at three. Are you coming here? And you know, and I'd ride my bike. Right. It'd be, right. yep. You got to be here. It's like, why do I have to be? It's cause we're here. Oh, okay. So <laughs> right. that's what we did. Yeah. So I no thought, kidding. man, I got to do something else. <laughs> so you take over the business. I think 1982 was the, the year that you took over from your dad. 82, I went in. I bought everybody out in 88. Okay. Yeah. So. And have been in the printing business ever since. Yeah. Yeah. We, you and I had a conversation at an event. I think it's been a few months ago. I'm not sure if you remember that, about just the printing industry in general. 
Um, how has that changed over, I mean, technology, I'm sure by far is light years ahead of what it was, but how's the printing business changed? Yeah, it's interesting. We, uh, for the first, from the 1920s through the 1970s, nothing changed. I mean, it literally, it was the only way you could tell what model of printing equipment you had was the color. In the 50s, it was huh. green. In the 60s, it was black, you know, the, the skins around, the metal around the equipment. Um, and then one day they started putting digital counters on them. And then everything just skyrocketed from pricing to technology to all those things. And what I found was we were really fortunate. I, I to, to sum it up, I, I don't think that I was incredibly smart, but lucky. So we would try to figure out every, about every five years we had to reinvent ourselves. Okay. Um, and we had to reinvent what products we had. So when, when I was running a print shop, there were five print shops in Fairborn. Really? Yeah. I mean, and they were actually competing for city work. I mean, it was wow. every time I turned around, it's like, man, you guys are getting so cheap. I can't do that. So we looked elsewhere, yeah. which really helped us. Um, Cause then we started going to Dayton. We started going to Huber. We started kind of, kind of spreading our umbrella a little bit wider, a little bit wider. Cause we yeah. couldn't work on if it was, huge competitive bid. There were people working in their garages and whatever that just blew us away. Right. Right. So we just couldn't do that. Um, so yeah, from there, we just, every five years, just kind of reinvent ourselves, reinvent our products, figure out what we're doing. And everybody kind of slowly went out of business. Um, but <laughs> to, to tell him myself, guy came into me, we had these huge CompuGraphic typesetters eight, 900 pounds. We had two of them. We were proud that we had them. Took a true artist to use them. And a guy walked in and said, you know what? You need to go to, Apple's got a product called Mac. You need to go to a Mac. Hmm. And I said, you need to leave. <laughs> there is no way that little computer and that uh, 300 DPI is going to compete with a CompuGraphic, a true photographic typesetting. Right. You're out of your mind. So <laughs> we had... Within two years, we used both those CompuGraphic machines as boat anchors because we couldn't sell right. them, couldn't do anything with them. And we had a Mac and a printer, and it was it cost us like $10,000, which was a lot of money back then. Right. And before it was all over, I was still making payments on it and using that printer as a footstool. Wow. Because everything had moved so quickly. Right. So, yeah, we just... We luckily would just sit down as a group, me and, me and employees there, and say, all right, what can we do next? What, what, what are we going to do next that just makes sense that's a little different than what we do? Yeah. And, you know, the, the last, our last revolution was we got into blueprints and technical drawings. Um, and, and once again, just luck. I coached football with a guy that built speedways, and he's huge construction business. He said, why can't you do blueprints? It's just giant printing. Right. So I'm, sure, we'll give it a shot. And he um, hooked me up with Speedway. And then for the longest time, till they got bought by 7-Eleven, we did every every Speedway store built in the country. Their prints came out of our building. Wow. Yeah. So it's just things yeah. like that. Serendipity. And we just got really. lucky. Yeah. 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 Well, I think it's in that, you know, the fact that you're willing to not stay locked in to what you knew, but to reinvent yourself every five years or every, you know, you saw what was needed and coming. Right. I mean, everybody else died off. Well, it's I interesting. Mean, the best example of that is we, 
on, on how things change. Uh, we were a full offset shop, meaning we had printing machineries, ink, and that sort of thing. The, um, and we were printing circular flyers for the newspaper, right? So okay. 500,000 runs, that was the average run. So you got four guys working on these machines, banging out 500. We'd get so much paper, our building's so small that we'd actually, if it was a sunny day, we had them unload the paper outside. No kidding. And we would feed it from outside. Right. Right. So within five years, we went from half a million runs to our biggest run is 250 right now. And it's all digital. Wow. Yeah. All digital. What we can do digitally is just amazing compared to there. I have a machine that's the size of a copier. That's a digital press that will print 25 inches long. 30 years ago, it took a press as big as our building to do that. No kidding. Yeah. It's very different. Wow. Yeah. And so we actually, we're, we're customers of Domicone Printing here at the city. We, you print all of our wonderful posters for all of our events and things. And we also, you talk about blueprints. We have a lot of blueprints laying around because of our building department and didn't really have a way to get them digitally into a system. Uh, and that's a service that you provide also is you scan a lot of our prints for us so that we can store those electronically and get rid of the paper. Right, right. Which, which is a big thing. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a huge benefit for us to have that. Yeah, we have, um, through the blueprint service, we also have a plan room service, a virtual plan room. So if you you wanted to, to for us to store those, we could set up a city of Fairborn kind of plan room okay. and you could go in and, and you know, then it's password protected and you could go in and, and view those plans. So a lot of Speedway would say, okay, you know, we have, uh, we got 30 subs that we want to view these plans and look at them. So we would put them on the plan room. They'd give them the key, and then they could look at it and, and contact oh. us if they wanted them printed. Nice. Or whatever, yeah. yeah. So we do a little bit of that with Kettering now. Whenever they, the city of Kettering does any yep. building, yep. you know, we'll, we'll do the plan room and that sort of thing so guys can view them. Hmm. So this is a personal question out of my business, but how, how do you see the – what's your longevity in the printing business, do you think? I guess what do you want it to be? Uh, yeah, interesting. It's printing used to be an art. I mean, it took Absolutely. true artists to do what they do. A lot of the things that you see on your on your computer, the cut and paste, people yep. probably don't know that's a printing term. And it was literally you were cutting right. whatever uh, headline or whatever uh, uh, a galley of type. You would cut it out of a galley and you would paste the back of it and lay it on an artboard. So that's where the cut wow. and paste and a lot yep. of that terminology that you see is is pretty much printing lingo huh. um i i think it's a it certainly is a dying market i think where we've taken advantage is there's the market is shrinking but so are the players so it's it's sure. we haven't reached a point where they've kind of leveled out i think people are starting to get back to i really want this to look nice and i don't quite know how to do it myself. Right. We went through a right. long period of time when people, ah, I, I can do that. Don't worry about it. Right. <laughs> and they would just settle for a s- specific type of quality. And then they don't seem to do that anymore. Uh, so what that means is, is I'm, uh, there are, I've got a good staff. They're kind of, they've been with me for, I think 20 some years, which I've been very fortunate in that, but they're all pretty young guys. Like I brought them in when they were 15, 16, mm-hmm. 17 years old. Um, so I'm not going anywhere. My kids are not interested in the printing business just because, you know, they eventually see that something's going to 
that market's eventually going to flatten out. Um, but as long as I can keep it going, I, it's, it's like a hobby to me. Sure. So, you know, it's, I think we'll be around for a while. It's but there's no succession. There's okay. no succession plan. Okay. So I guess to me though, there, there's always going to be somewhat of a need for that service. And I could be wrong. I mean, you know, maybe, you know, 10 years in the future, there, there may not be, but you know, for stuff that we use it for, especially, um, I don't know. I mean, we print posters and we do right. blueprints. I mean, and, and let's remove the blueprint side. I mean, especially for the flyers and the posters. I mean, there, there are certain tangible things that we like to have that, and you, it, you, it's a level of quality that we it, right like, that we just can't can provide that we can't do. Well, I think we're finding, especially in the blueprint arena, right? I mean, a lot of that's going to they're just viewing it digitally. Sure, programs are figuring out how to do their costing, and they can you know a guy pulls up and he's got a big screen in his truck and he pulls it up at the job site. Right. Um, you know, we see a lot of that starting to happen, um, and it's not so much the reason why we have are able to to work in this quality issue is just because our machines are much more expensive than what you're putting in here. Right. That's right. eventually, and it's always been coming down, right? That technology just keeps coming down lower sure. and lower. So eventually you're going to get, you know, I would get frustrated because the guy, my, my print guy would come in salesman who I'd had for 30 years was swing by and it's like, Oh yeah, I'm not really needing anything. What are you doing in town? Oh, I'm heading to school to sell him a copier. And you, you know, okay, I right. get it. Yeah, there goes there goes my Saturday business. Thanks a lot. Right. You know? But I mean, gotcha. it got to the point where they could, you know, start doing that stuff in their own office. Sure. So interesting. So let's talk about the next generation. So you're, uh, you actually have an interesting story we were talking about before. And your son uh, was a star football player, Beaver Creek. Yes. Uh, went to Ohio State and Correct. played for two of the legendary coaches of Ohio State. Uh, Jim Trestle and then Urban Meyer. Correct. What was that experience like being, so you've got a great career in playing football uh, in college and now your son follows in that footsteps, it, albeit a bigger program and the time and place are much different, but what was it like for you to watch your son go through that? That was very exciting. The uh, it, It's interesting people that don't, once you get inside the program, it's, it's, it's much different than what you see on TV. Um, and you don't understand how much work these guys literally put into this. Right. I mean, we would see Zach, uh, maybe he'd get a week off two or three times a year. I mean, that was it. Wow. I mean, and they're up early before class, viewing film, then they go to class, then they go to practice, then they eat, then they go go to class, they have a night class, then they're back in the film room. And it's just nonstop. The f wow. And the physical wear and tear, he... Uh, my father passed away while he was there and um, he had a, through the Air Force, he has a, they have burial plots in San Francisco. Okay. And it was a week that they had off hmm. and Zach couldn't go because he was lined up for surgery. Wow. Cleaning out a knee, cleaning out a shoulder. I mean, right. it was, it's, it's big, big business. Wow. And it's, it's very exciting. It was, right. it was a lot of fun, but it's, 
it's big business, yeah. you know? And, and at the end of the day, it's kind of funny because it's just kids playing football. I, I told you the story. We, we kind of, you kind of move up the field as your kid gets older. So you start at the, the 30 yard line and then the next year you're at the 40 yard line. By the time you're a senior, you're at the 50 yard line, mm. a couple seats back and you knew everybody in the stands and these kids all knew, you know, um, are looking for their parents. It's funny. Um, big, uh, uh, like, uh, Nathan Williams or, or Johnny Simon comes running on the field and all they're doing is looking for their dad. <laughs> like, where's he at? Where's my dad and mom? And then they, right. they all had a little signal like that. Zach would just kind of give me a head nod. <laughs> like we'd make eye contact and he would give me a head nod, but all these guys would kind of wave, you know, look at a 350 pound <laughs> lineman and he'd have his hand by his waist and kind of give his dad a little wave. You know, you just kind of right. reminded these are just kids playing football. That's right. all they were. Right. And we're, we were so collective in such a group that it almost felt like high school football till you stood up and realized there was 105,000 people sitting behind you. Right. But it was that close knit of a network. Wow. Um, but it was, it, it's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to do. It really is. And you see all these guys, just great names that right. just came so close and all these kids go there with professional football aspirations, Absolutely. right? I mean, they all do. Yeah. And, 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 um, when you get, look at guys like Braxton Miller, yep. right? In, injury, um, gets knocked out of the pros. Uh, Andrew Sweat was there, had concussion issues. I mean, all these guys, Zach had five major knee surgeries when he was at Ohio wow. state and he, he had one of the best pro days, in a, uh, as a safety at Ohio state, mm. but every doctor warned every um, pro team, every pro scout, he won't make it through camp. Wow. Well, his knees are just shot. And he was, and I, I, we were disappointed at the time. He came really close to getting to the, to the Patriots or the giants. Um, but he was, uh, hmm. I, I, I think he would have been hurt irreparably. I think well, it would have been permanent damage if, if not already. Well, and you saw that all the time, guys with shoulders, guys with ankles, guys with whatever. Right. I mean, it's, it was uh, it was an eye-opening experience. It's big bodies, with building as much force as you can running into each other. Well, yeah. And pardon my ignorance for this. I, I admittedly not an Ohio State football follower or fan. Um, did your son play for a national championship when he was at Ohio State? What town do you live in? I, I know. I'm a UC grad. What state are you so in? Oh, my God. Grad, right? I like Luke uh, Fickle. No. <laughs> but, okay. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, he I, wasn't our favorite when he was coaching. I bet okay. not. Yeah, I bet not. Um, did your son play for a national championship when he was at, at Ohio State? Uh, he was in four bowl games, and uh, he did not make the national championship. Okay. But they played the year that um, they did all the um, – repercussions for the tattoo scandals they weren't allowed to go i got you to compete for national championship so they that team was undefeated that year Yeah, they probably were recognized by the governor and and uh they actually named a road after that team um so yeah but no he did not okay Hmm. so uh then your daughter julie um this is a great story so you you have owned amakun printing there for decades uh, you buy a what used to be was it the New York Deli, uh, well, New England Deli? Yeah, the um, uh, the um, I coach football. We were just past the Fairborn line only because I couldn't find land in Fairborn, so we live in Beaver Creek Township. Um, so I coach football in Beaver Creek, and some one of the kids' dads came to me and said, "Hey, I got this property on Dayton Hill Springs Road. It's right down from your print shop." 
said it's owned by a group of Asians and they're spread all over the world. The furthest was being in uh, Australia. So I don't know what they want. This is the last piece of this huge estate. Why don't you just, let's just give some stupid offer and see what we get. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, why not? So six months later, he comes running in saying that offer expired. They took it. We got to refill out the paperwork and you got to give me cash today. So we, wow. we got it really, really cheap. And once I went inside and looked at it, I saw why. <laughs> and right. when, when I signed the paper, the paperwork on it, the attorney, as he passed it to me, he said, the very first thing you need to do is call the city of Fairborn and tell them, I no longer have this building, that it's your problem now. <laughs> so, uh, luckily for the city, they were very patient with us. It took us right. 10 years to figure out what we were gonna do with it. We right. kept the grass back as much as we could, um, that sort of thing. So uh, we wind up with this building. It used to be a drive-through car wash originally. Okay. And then it turned into the deli. Um, and we had, a, we had a great relationship with that owner. He was a lot of fun. He was Italian. My dad was Italian. They'd go back and forth. Hey, you owe me money. Right. Hey, dude, you got blah, blah, blah. Yeah, don't tell me blah, blah. You know, it's just kind of funny. Um, so we kept it for 10 years. Julie was in, in high school when we bought it. And I, um, we were talking about what we wanted to do with it. And we, we, we knew that Fairborn needed something. We wanted, my wife wanted to get into like a chocolate shop or something like that. And we just kind of throwing ideas around and we had printed for the Dairy Queen that was in town and I knew them pretty well. And when he left town, I uh, called him up one day and asked him, you know, hey, is ice cream a good idea for Fairborn? I said, I, I know you went out of business. And he said, no, ice cream's great in Fairborn. They really need that. Um, he said, I just sold and the guy that took it over didn't want to continue that store because it cost too much to bring it up to specs. He said, so I thought, okay, let's try, we'll talk about ice cream. So we were talking to Julie and Julie expressed an interest. And so we, my, my wife has always worked for Mead Corporation, which okay. was sold and bought and sold and bought. And she stayed right there with that company, no matter what the name changed um, for 40 years. So wow. she was a corporate director when she retired. And so she, I had the entrepreneurial side, she had the corporate side and so we had some rules for Julie. If she wanted to do the ice cream shop and work with us, she had to go to college. She had to get a business degree. She had to get an internship with a large company so she could see how her mom worked as opposed to how yeah. I worked and see if she liked one over the other. So um, she got an internship with Ford. Can't get much bigger. Right. They moved her to Detroit and um, where she met her fiance. Um, and she... Worked for Ford Motor Company that whole summer, came home and said, I don't ever want to do that again. Well, um, let's do the ice cream. So she, uh, she literally worked out, she graduated and then she worked out of, uh, I squeezed her into my office and uh, she worked right behind me, which is really nice. I love working with her. Yeah. You know, I mean, I had a family business, but never really worked with family. Yeah. With the printing side with her, it's me, her, and my wife, Stacy, And we bring different things to the table. Um, Jubies is a machine. I mean, it's literally a machine. It's not, I've never seen anyone use their college degree the way Julie does. 
Well, I mean, she just, her application, what goes on, it's much different. You know, print shop's always been the good old boy club. Hey, what's that cost? Oh, I don't know. You know, eh, oh, we can do it for this. Yeah, no problem. I mean, the ice cream shop right. is 30% this, 20% that, 10% that. And they look at those metrics daily wow. from things that are, and especially now with how food costs are changing, right. um, uh, labor costs is changing. They, they have their eye on that constantly. So, um, it's, it's, it took me a while to assimilate into that. Sure. Cause I would get mad. It's like, oh, why are you guys doing all this? It's just too much work. Right. And, <laughs> but man, at the end of the month, so Stacy's a CPA. And at the end of the month, it's like, here's all your metrics. Here's where it works. Here's what didn't work. Here's, here's our top selling items. I mean, it's, it's a machine. Wow. It's, it's impressive to watch them work. It. I bet. Yeah. I so bet. it's a lot of fun. So yeah, she, she's the face of our business. She does a great job. She, she loves working in this community. Um, Unfortunately, she lives in Columbus. That right. was the deal. If she was going to come here and work, she wanted to live in Columbus. She likes being in the city. Her yep. her fiance's in the city, and she makes that drive every day. Wow. And my comment to her was, I didn't force you to live in Columbus. And she starts saying, <laughs> oh, I got to go home. It's like, hey, <laughs> you chose that. Right. right? <laughs> the only time she lived in Fairborn was when the tornado came through. Okay. She yep. was right in the middle of that on both sides didn't hit her luckily wow yeah so um but yeah she travels in every day loves it here loves the loves the shop loves what's going on loves the loves the town she just likes she lives downtown columbus that's terrific i yeah. mean to be young and unattached i mean without children and right be a wonderful lifestyle i think if if i were that age again i'd probably choose the same yeah. thing yeah so you, you opened jubies um and not long after a worldwide pandemic <laughs> hits. Right. Um, talk about like working through that and having to adjust on the fly. Uh, most of that was one of the, we were down to the wire with our building and the city of Fairborn trying to figure out how to make a drive through work. Right. We really wanted a drive through and where our drive throughs located is a little bit awkward. Uh, we make it work. Thanks to the city helped us out. Yeah. Um, but during the pandemic, if we did not have a drive through, we would not be in business. Right. Our pandemic was very, it took some adjustment. Uh, it was much easier on the employees because they didn't have to face customer. Right. Everything was through a window, right? So you yep. got five guys. There's nobody standing on the other side of the counter saying, why aren't you helping me? Why aren't you doing, you know, it was like five, six, 10 employees behind the scene making product at their own, you know, um, sure. Talking back and forth and that sort of thing that when there's a crowd in the store, they just want to see them busting their butts. Right. right? So it's just a different, different atmosphere. Yeah. So, we had, we drove the, um, our drive through line was so long. We found that uh, what we found with the pandemic is people were very patient. People were willing to wait. People understood what small business was going through. I mean, there are people waiting an hour, hour and a half in line. Wow. Um, and then we had to reroute off Stewart because we had to get more cars into the lot, not block Dayton Yellow Springs Road. Um, but from a financial standpoint, we did pretty well. My brother-in-law owns a, a franchise owner of a Elsa's store. Okay. And I think their best year was COVID. Really? It was all carry out. Takeaways. Yeah, yep. it was all in. Yep. You can just scale back your labor a little bit. Sure. I mean, all, especially in restaurant business, it all comes down to numbers. 
Right. It's easy numbers to follow. You need 30% of this, 30% of that, blah, blah, blah. And at the end of the day, if you don't follow that metrics, you don't make money. Printing is much more difficult. Sure. You know, from, from that standpoint. Plus yeah. there's a lot more, a little bit different competition. I wouldn't say a lot more, but a little bit different competition kind of thing, you know. How fun is it to come up with some of these flavors that you guys do on the month monthly? Is it is that a collaborative process? Do you all sit around and say, all right, let's do this? Uh, yeah, yeah, that's an interesting <laughs> question. Um, so we did a lot of research, um, yeah. like a lot. And we had the time to do it. Julie was in school. We went to the – Columbus has a huge nationally known uh, food and ice cream show really? every January, February. Um, and – it's interesting. I, I, you don't realize how different all these things change um, from store to store, right? So, mm. um, what's the best way to put this? So, so we went from from Dairy Queens to the Corner Cone to the right. uh, um, to Youngs to to whatever, right? So, and we'd pick pick, pick specific pl- flavors that. Um, they all taste so drastically different from each place. And so you would go to this ice cream show, especially for soft serve, you would go to the ice cream show and you'd have 25 different vendors handing out samples of soft serve. Hmm. Now, the better the taste, the more expensive it is, right? So you start getting into, you go away from ice cream, which is uh, one of the major products of ice cream is air, right? right? So if you say, wow, I can go to Kroger and I can buy five gallons of vanilla, right? And I can have five gallons of vanilla, and why is it only $3? And your ice cream is $4 a scoop. Well, the difference is, is that they put more air in their product. So really air is a, yes, air is a huge, so ice cream is based on butterfat, and the higher the butterfat, so Ben & Jerry's, us, um, Haagen-Dazs, 16% butterfat, 18% butterfat. Problem is, if oh. you don't put air in, it'll make you sick. Because it's okay. just too, right. it's like eating a stick of butter, right? <clears throat> but the more air you pump into it, the more, less product you're using, but air brings water. Huh. So then okay. you get ice cream that crystallizes and that sort of thing. So when you're buying, same, and it still works in soft serve the same way. So McDonald's has 4%, uh, Dairy Queen, I don't know what theirs is, but it's not. We run a custard, it's a... Maybe a ten percent, I think. Okay, but it's it's a custard product. It's not a soft serve product. And when you go from store to store and actually have it in your hand and taste it, you will recognize the difference. Yeah, but the machines you, is always broken. Yeah, McDonald's. <laughs> right. Yeah, you never get the thing right. <laughs> right. So the best example is we we wanted we wanted to make traditional flavors. Yep. But we also we were told if you do that, you will go insane. You need to have a rotating something. So that's why we came up with junk from the trunk yeah. just to keep us from, from doing, you know, getting just caught in this, just got to make the donuts kind of thing. Right. Right. So, um, we went to cotton, we were looking at cotton candy and we went, we were, we were sitting around the house and it's like, you know, the, the, the types that we're using, they take cotton, cotton candy is an artificial flavor. Obviously right. there's nothing, right. there's nothing natural about cotton candy, right? but when you ate it, it was like, it felt like you were eating a Laffy Taffy. Got this weird aftertaste. You got, you know, it was very synthetic. So it's like, this is terrible. Let's go to Graders and try their cotton candy. What the heck? Let's go do it. Yeah. We went to Graders, tried it. It was terrible. Couldn't huh. believe it. It was terrible. Um, and I think it's because you don't, you just think ice cream's good. I think everybody just thinks ice right. cream's good. Right. And now where we're at, we, 
I can't tell you how many ice creams I throw away. Like we'll go on vacation and it'll be, oh, let's go by here and get an ice cream and take a couple bites. I'm like, that's terrible. You know, hmm, whereas okay. before I'd ate a half gallon of it. Right. 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 So, um, so that's a, a huge fun part of our business and we get it in different ways. So we do a flavor contest. Like we got a flavor coming out soon. Um, that's part of our flavor contest winner from our birthday. Wow. We always used, uh, Blueberry muffin, which is my favorite flavor right now, was a flavor contest winner. Huh. And we're entering it into a, uh, a contest. I think it happens in November. Matter of fact, they packed it and shipped it today. No kidding. Um, to see what that's going to look like and, and that sort of thing. So we use those ideas all the time. Yeah. Um, walking through the grocery store. You know, it's like uh, the, the moon landing uh, anniversary is coming up. It's like, what do we do with the moon? What do we do with the moon? It's like, there's moon pies. <laughs> that makes sense. I wonder how yeah. that tastes. Now, sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes it freezes too hard. Uh, fresh fruit freezes too hard. It's like eating right. ice. But that worked out well. I mean, Interesting. It's a delicious flavor. But our new one, which I, cookie butter, same way. Cookie butter is a big hit. It's delicious. We, what are we, we're sitting on an airplane, flying Delta, got a Biscoff cookie. Yeah. Said, Let's be good ice cream. Let's try this, you yeah. know? And it's, it's incredible. But our new okay. one, it just came out yesterday or the day before is a peanut butter bark and we were somewhere at a food place and it was a man and his wife they have a really nice operation and they made a peanut butter bark that has peanuts in it hmm. and it just melted in your mouth it's like we need to make something out of that we need to figure that out so we just released it two days ago and we're going through it like crazy. It's delicious. Really? Delicious. And we got, I'm excited. I won't tell you what it is because Julie likes releasing right. stuff. But our flavor winner contest, it took us a while to figure out what products to use in it. Um, a lot of samples, a lot of trash, just throwing the stuff away. But we right. found it is delicious. Interesting. Yeah. It's, it's fun. We enjoy it. Now you, you have an award winner. I'm sorry, Megan. Go ahead. I'm, I'm happy that you have uh, dairy-free options, by the way. Yes. Because the chocolate fluffernutter is by far something that I could eat in like bowlfuls all the time. We we started. Um, I'm a big guy. We started being. We're gonna make. We're not gonna follow Jenny's recipe. We're not gonna make if it's if it's a plant that doesn't necessarily sound like it should be an ice cream. It probably shouldn't. Right. So we wanted to be just full fat, just delicious and did not want to really pay attention to that market uh, until people started asking and complaining. I appreciate it. And (laughs) we, and, and it's interesting when we first started that you, our base was a coconut base, right? So dairy free went to a coconut base. Um, The coconut base is a really strong flavor. So you have to come up with all this stuff to cover it or unless you make coconut ice cream. Right. Right. So, um, they just came out with not that long ago, um, oat base. Yes. And oat base has no flavor. Right. So we can make things, you know, now, now we got to make up for the fact that there's no, that there's no flavor, but you can do that with anything. Right. So our latest one is lemon peppermint, Oh. which is, everybody's giving us this, what's a lemon peppermint and where'd you come from that? That's really popular in the East. Um, uh, Julie's fiance would say that they would give you a lemon and a peppermint stick and you'd kind of stir it around 
and then suck through the stick, and it's just the flavor, the 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 two um, really? two flavors mixed together. It's just delicious. Mm. So that's our new one. You should try it. I it's I it's really good. Try that. And that's how that stuff happens, right? Yeah. I mean, right. we're entering yeah. that also in this contest wow. um, to for because they have a dairy free section, and we're really proud of that one. That's that's pretty good. Well, I thank you for you that. You should try it. Sure. Uh, you've got a, an award winning flavor that my son absolutely over the moon about. Which is the chocolate? Yes, oh, yeah. uh, chocolate on chocolate on chocolate. He is all, he loves it. He gets, I don't know. He, he gets two or three scoops whenever we go there, and <laughs> I, these scoops aren't small, but he loves it. And that that won an award, if if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, we won. Um, so there's a independent ice cream organization that a lot of these companies belong to. Some of the larger ones, um, and we went in. I think our third year. And we submitted a couple flavors, and Chocolat was nominated the best um, flavor in the Midwest. Wow. Um, it's people that like it love, love it. it. Yeah. yeah, it's amazing. And, and I think the key to, the key to Chocolat is I'm not a dark chocolate fan. Right. Um, and, and that's hard to do, too. You're building ice cream that you know other people like, but it's not necessarily your thing <laughs> right. to make it good because it never tastes good. But So I'm not a dark chocolate fan. But what, what's in there is we made a deal with Esther Price. Right. And so we use, we buy their bulk, their fudge in bulk. And we put, it's expensive. It's really right. expensive. It's funny, you know, people are like, man, your ice cream costs a lot. It does because right. we're using yeah. Esther Price chocolate, right? right? So we we try our best to get an even distribution. Once again, it's artisan. We make a bucket at a time. Sometimes right. it gets stuck to the side. Sometimes our scoopers have to find product that's in it. But when you're eating that ice cream and you suddenly get a burst of that Price fudge, oh. that's what does it. <laughs> Absolutely. That's truly what does it. And it's not in every bite, but right. you're like eating away and now this is pretty good. And then boom, yep. you get this just flavor explosion, which oh. is really nice. It was funny because one night John was coming home and he stopped by Juby's to get ice cream and he had me text everybody's order and Jackson loves Taco Lot. And so he walks in the door and I had, texted Jackson down in his bedroom. I'm like, hey, your ice cream's here. And he's like, dad, you got me chocolate. <laughs> he said, that's what? Nope. You texted me chocolate. He's like, no. I said, chocolate. He's like, that's what you texted me, chocolate. <laughs> he opens up his phone. He's like, look, you texted me chocolate. He's like, no, chocolate. He's like, I didn't know why there was That's a difference. Funny. I'm sorry. Right. Like, <laughs> he's like, yeah. it's a different flavor. Chocolate's yeah. still very good, but it's not. I mean, yeah. it has a You're huge right. following for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So we're working on. They, I think they packed up twenty-four pints wow. to go to this show mm. in November because we're trying to get our Grand Masters Award, which is a you have to earn it once a year for three years, I believe, but it's just standard chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. Okay. Oh, wow. So they they have uh, people from Penn State. They have people, there's another big dairy college in Wisconsin, and they bring in judges to, to evaluate yeah. that. And it's, it's uh, a lot of it is mouthfeel. Right. How does it feel? Is there an aftertaste when you get done with it? I mean, all, all those things that you think you know, it's just ice cream. Right. It's not. Right. I mean, it's just not at the level that we're trying to do it. And the, it is so nice that Fairborn has embraced us. This town oh. is just 
phenomenal. It's been terrific. Yeah, yeah, been yeah. Terrific. much much bigger than I ever dreamed it would be. Yeah. And it, and it's just it's really nice to just see people that enjoy it. They always tell me what their favorite flavor is. There's right. always a lot of questions. It's much easier than talking about printing, for sure. <laughs> you know, I mean, much easier. I'm a chocolate peanut butter guy myself. The peanut butter chocolate you guys have is terrific also. Yeah. I yeah. love that flavor. Yeah. Well, I think one of the reasons that Fairborn has embraced Jubies is because from day one, you know, you guys made it, uh, you know, important that you guys embrace the community. I mean, you know, there was a flavor that was, you know, a Skyhawk, right. you know, flavor. Yeah. I mean, and you partner with the schools, you're at the events, um, you, you let the kids, I know for one of the things, you know, name a flavor, you know, for their grade or classroom or whatever it is. So, I mean, you, you invest within the community and when that happens, this community, especially, and, and you know, this as much as anybody else, this community is going to invest back you know, into that, into whatever that is. Absolutely. Yeah. And so I think that that is why, um, you know, we have seen such the outpour of, of, you know, whatever it is, you know, into back into GBs is, is just that outpour of, you know, thanks, um, back into your business. Cause I mean, it is ice cream. Let's just not forget that. But, (laughs) um, you know, I think it's, there's that, that equalness is to that, no, I agree 100%. And Julie does a really good job um, getting herself into the schools. And, yeah. and we've had a lot of fun with the kids. I mean, um, I keep telling her that, you know, she's, um, when we started, if that kid was five years old, um, no matter what happens to us from now on, that kid will, when he's 50, is going to say, remember that place with the big elephant? Right. You know, yeah. I mean, that, that ice cream was delicious. That's, and that's our goal. I mean, I keep, it's like, how, how far is our reach, right? I mean, um, a lot of these kids that were 15 years old when we opened are now at Ohio State. Right. right. They're, 20, at, right. Yeah, they're at Wright State. They're, they're moving around, right? And I, right. I keep telling her, it's like, you know, if we, um, she would love to have a store in Columbus. And it's like, you know, we can do that. Um, we can do that uh, probably quicker than you think. Right. Because right. if you, all it takes is 20 kids at Ohio State that say, yes, that's where we need to go. Right. They'll bring their friends, yep. you know. I think what's also helped you, you hit it is, so you embrace the community, the community embraced you back. But, oh, by the way, you got some really good ice cream. <laughs> I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it, not that you wouldn't see the support from the community anyway, but what helps is that, it's that exact word of mouth. Like this stuff is amazing. Like yeah. that's, I think that's, you've hit something and done it really well. And I think that's why you've, you're sustainable. I mean, I think well, that's it. The amount of work. So it was a lot of planning. It was a lot of thought. It was a lot of connecting with different people. Um, but my, my middle son is a biomedical engineer. We had, when you, when you make ice cream, it's a matter of how much air, what sort of butterfat content. I mean, it's, it's not rocket science, but there's a bunch of different products you can buy. Right. And the big one's vanilla, right? So even in cho- chocolate, you, have a, you, you put in vanilla. It's a great smoothing agent. Sure. It, it really pumps up your flavor, that sort of thing. Vanilla is expensive. You buy a gallon right. jug of vanilla, straight vanilla. It's six hundred dollars. Oh my gosh! So oh. there's different hybrids. You can buy. You can also buy a gallon 
jug of synthetic vanilla for a dollar. Wow. You know, so it's, it's this huge gambit and it's like, so how do we figure this out? So we bought, um, we made our own, uh, or look for our own, uh, mix dairy mix, right? Yep. So there's different dairies. Mm. So we got seven dairy mix, seven different vanillas. Huh. So now you're looking at 49 combinations, right? Right. And then we invited 50 people to our house and we set all this up and you drank it raw. Cause that's no, it's, it's no different drinking milk. It's right. delicious, but that's how you, that's how you get, um, cause you can't freeze it all down. So you say, all right, even when we're making a flavor, it's like, you know, let's get a taste of that make sure it's okay right. before we freeze it down. Yeah. Um, so we got 50 people and we had, we made a card for them to rate it. And my, son said, Hey, look, you're going to get a whole lot of first place and you're going to get, but those same people are going to have a whole lot of last place. He said, so what we're looking for is what's in the middle. Hmm. We're looking for that medium, right? right? We want, we want, if, if 10 people, uh, if 40 people love this, but, but 10 people hate it, but if all 50 like level two, or level three. Right. Right. So we, we kept evaluating things that way. And then after everybody left, we picked the top seven, froze them down, had everybody come back and try it again, fill out the cards. And that's how we came up with our base. Interesting. So, and base is the most important part. You can go to an ice cream show. You can go around ice cream people everywhere you want. They will share every single flavor with you except vanilla. They will not give you, yeah, they will not let you know what their vanilla recipe is. Interesting. So, um, and it's funny because we named <laughs> our vanilla is called Vanilla Pearl, and people all the time say, "What's Vanilla Pearl?" Right? Well, Pearl's my mother's middle name, Aww. and vanilla's her favorite ice cream. Okay, so that's why we call it that. <laughs> Perfect. But, yeah. So, yeah. So it's just a whole lot of work went into that to make sure that everybody liked it. If it was just right. the Domicones trying it, right? Same palate, same right bloodline, same DNA it would all taste the same. It's kind of like the difference between some people that, um, cilantro, right? Some people right. swear it tastes like natural gas. I'm one of those. Right. Other people love it. But when I eat, I feel like I'm eating a gas stove. Right. Right. I mean, so we got as many people involved in that as we could. Yeah. You just celebrated your fifth and fifth birthday at Juby's, the original. Right. Um, you've opened a second location in Moraine. Right. What's next for Juby's? What's the plan? If there, if you can share. Um, Julie wants stores. Um, my wife's a little more conservative. Um, I think we're looking at another property. Um, all the stars have to line right. Sure. Uh, we're working really. We work. We're working really hard to not carry a debt load. Yeah. So it kind of slows us down, but it keeps us very solvent. Right. Um, we're looking at another community. Yep. Within a half hour from here, if we can get the right building and get the right things, I think it'll be very Fairborn-like. Sure. Um, Moraine's a little different animal for us. Um, we're looking for more. I think if you were to think of these communities as, as island, mm. like Fairborn's on an island. Right. You're, you're, you're living in Fairborn. You're proud to be a Fairbornite. You're proud of your school. We need that. Right. It can't be, oh, we're downtown Dayton. Right. Yeah. I mean, right. We, we want to be Dayton's ice cream, but I don't think we can do it 
downtown. I think we need it to be a destination for a community yep. that we can go in and Julie can ingratiate herself into what's going on and, and uh, starts starts supporting the local schools, the, yep. the city, the whatever, so that it becomes a destination for people to go to. Um, and I think once they try it, they're hooked. Oh yeah, right. It's good, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we went there. We don't eat much ice cream, which is funny. We used to eat it all the time. Um, I did not have a chocolate covered waffle cone. We'd been open four years before I had one. I get little bits and pieces and taste while I'm making, you know, and, yeah. and that's just been enough. And then if I felt like ice cream, I'd grab a cup and get a little bit of soft serve. Right. But never built a Sunday, never did any of that. It was more, it was always very analytical. Right. right. And my wife and I went and we split a chocolate cone one day or a chocolate waffle cone, which a waffle cones are delicious. They are. Um, and a couple scoops, we sat in the parking lot and ate it and said, this stuff is really good. <laughs> I was like, wow, I've never had one of those before. I've never had our Sunday. I've never had an elephant trough. I've never had right. any of that. I just, you know, we just built it. So we just went there last night and had that new peanut butter bark, okay. which is just smooth. It is yeah. really, really good. And I, I might have to head that way. Yeah. So. Making me hungry. Yeah. Right. So, and, and uh, you know, we're, we're very proud of the product. Um, and I, I, even from the soft serve side. So people always talk to us about Dairy Queen. Um, right. It's not hurting us. We, we don't feel that. It it, it kind of gets in our way over, we, we share the same employee base and that's sure. tough. Because um, there's just not that many out there right now. Um, but I'm trying to think of a way to challenge people to just say, go pick something up. Bring it to our store. And yeah. we'll give you a sample or something. Now we haven't figured that out yet, but I, right. uh, in my mind, I'm thinking, I just need you to taste both of them. Cause when you taste both of them, you'll say, Oh yeah, I get it. Yeah. Right. That's, that's all right. right. It's worth an extra 50 cents, extra dollar. I don't know, but right. at least you'll be able to look at that and say, Oh man, that's really good. Yeah. Or maybe not, but we feel that it is. Absolutely. Fred, thanks for being here. Sure. It's yeah, right. my pleasure. Anything you wanted to cover that we haven't talked about, anything you want to say or want to give some shout outs to people we'll put a link to gb's to your website yeah. and to friend adomico printing from this in our show notes here so people can find it but anything that you want to you want to talk about that we didn't get to uh no i don't um uh, other than the fact that you know we are we are proud to be here yeah i've got 55 years on kaufman avenue uh fairborn's been great to us uh we appreciate what this town does for us um People talk to me about being a businessman. I'm not a businessman. I'm a shopkeeper. Mm. I'm way, I'm not that important. <laughs> uh, I, I, I'm approachable. You can call me, you can talk to me. You can, you know, we love talking to people in our shops and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't, I, I'd like to think we can be here for another 50 years. So, um, Absolutely. yeah, we appreciate everything that you guys do. Um, I know it's hard for everybody right now with just how the world is working, but I think we're all doing our best, especially in this community, to, to get through it. So yeah. I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Thanks for being here. We've got a couple updates we're going to give, but you're welcome to weigh in. If you hear something you want to talk about, just chime in. We're This is the interactive part of the sure. podcast here. Sure. So, Megan, we got some updates? We do. Okay. Uh, we had the Sweet Corn Festival over the weekend. Yes. And it was uh, a little busy. 
Saturday was, I think, had to be a record-breaking day, uh, I think. It was um, insane on Saturday. Yeah. At one point, they had the bottom, middle, and top section of Community Park totally filled with parking. Uh, the high school lot was completely filled with parking. Yep. Uh, I believe I heard Fred Pomeroy say the Lutheran Church. Uh, not the Lutheran Church. Yeah, the Lutheran Church. Abiding Christ. Yeah. Abiding Christ, yeah. Uh, had no parking as well. Wow. Um, and took the mayor 55 minutes to get into the park. Um, it was just, there was, there was, think, n- it was just full. I think people were walking from Kroger. Yeah. Uh, down the hill. It was that, that crowded. There were so many people. There were more people there than I've ever seen yeah. there before since I've been coming to the Sweetcorn Festival. Perfect weather. I mean, you know, the, I think the, Lions Club booth, which is the showpiece of it with the, their yeah. chicken and their, they, I think they sold out a chicken they like two hours out, ago. Yeah. They ran out of chicken. Yeah. Which it was crazy. Nuts. So we, we had a booth. Uh, we ran out of everything we were giving away. Um, I think midway through Saturday and had to hold off with all of our stuff. Um, yeah. So, I mean, it was good. Uh, kudos to the lines or uh, the sweet corn festival committee and yep. the art association uh, folks for putting that on they they did a wonderful job this year um thanks to our park staff yep. for getting everything ready uh, park looked great by monday morning when i drove uh, jackson to school um so wonderful job anything you want to it was the 41st year of the sweet corn festival believe it or not yeah we printed all 41 really booklets yes fantastic Been doing yeah. it since it's good yeah, since they started uh, they probably have none left from this year. If they were giving booklets away, there's none left. Oh, really? was, oh my gosh. There had to be. And so I, the estimate I heard from Saturday from one of our police officers was 25,000 people. Oof. They think we're there on Saturday. I wouldn't That's doubt a lot. It. Sunday yeah, wasn't crazy. as crowded, but it was 15 degrees warmer. Right. Uh, and a little muggy and sticky. But And I think everybody said, all right, if we're going to go this weekend, we're going Saturday, yeah. and which is probably why it was so crowded. But yeah, great job by the Lions Club, the Art Association, Parks and Rec. All, you know, our folks were there, mm-hmm. police, fire, public works all chipped in. So, yeah, it was a great event. At one point, I, I will admit, I, I wish that people would stop coming in. Right. <laughs> it was awfully people that day. <laughs> it, was, it was very people-y. people-y. Right, right. I was, uh, I was quite peopled out by the time I got home uh, Sunday uh, evening. So um, school's also started. School has started. Are we happy the kids are back in school? I think I am. Okay, yes. good. Yes, yes, I am. Although now I'm shuttling. Right, from right. one sport to another sport to school and of course. all that jazz. And it has started earlier. Ugh. Yes. 7.15 is very early in my world. It's very early. Any, uh, It's very early, it's period. Very early. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, it's very early. Uh, so just be on the lookout for buses uh, and kids at bus stops and walking to and from school. So just be mindful of that as you're out and about early in, early in the morning and then after school times um if you use the high school drop off at community park be sure to follow the arrows it is a one lane situation until you drop your child off and then it, you get into the second lane yeah. to go just please be mindful of people we've had we've had some issues with folks um hmm. just doing as they please and it's caused some you know near misses and things like that people just coming and going so Please be careful. What else is going on? We have some things coming up here. We have Fairborn. It's going to be, September is going to be rocking literally Yeah. Uh, in Fairborn, Ohio. Especially on the third weekend. Yeah. It's we it's uh, insane. So we have, starting on the 14th, we have the Expo, 
right. for the marathon. Marathon Expo at well, the Nutter Center. At the Nutter Center. So the 14th is a kickoff of that. Then the 15th, we have the Expo happening still. Yep. Uh, the 5K at Wright State. At 6. At 6 kicks off. Yep. But before that, over here, uh, from 4 to 10, is Hairborn. Hairborn, yeah. Lots of things happening. Lots of moving parts. So partnership with WTUE again. We've got now uh, the music starts at six. Correct. At Airborne, but the food trucks and the beer garden are open at four. Yes. If you want to come and reserve your spot, because it's probably going to be crowded. Yes. Um, put your chair down and have dinner. Uh, maybe get something to drink. Maybe visit some shops downtown. Uh, we're going to do that different. So if you came to Bluegrass and you tried to get on Main Street, yeah. uh, we had Main Street blocked at Central. We're going to do that different this year. We're going to block Main Street at Grand. So the businesses there in that first block can continue to stay open and get people to park there. Correct. We're going to add some uh, handicap parking there for some folks. They don't have to walk as far. Uh, but we're going to keep that block open to try to help those businesses. Yes. So that's Friday. That's Friday. Saturday is the marathon. Right. And the 5K and the 10K. And the fly zone and the f- in downtown. And the fly zone, yes. That uh, streets start closing, I believe, 5 and 6 a.m. downtown. Right. So get out early if you can. Uh, they'll open back up about 12, 1 o'clock-ish. Right. Uh, so then you can start moving. Sunday is the car show downtown. Right. Um, so just be prepared for that. 400-plus cars. Our Chamber of Commerce does an excellent car show on Sunday. Yeah. Um, come down. It's all different types of cars, so it's really terrific. Yeah. You get a good variety. Oh, I forgot. Earlier that week is September 11th. We have That's the right. memorial. Uh, so 9 o'clock at Calamityville? 8.30. Is it 8.30? I'm changing it this year. It's always been 8.30. No. Yes, it has. Okay. It's always well, been We'll have a side bed here. We'll have a side bed here. Incredible. It has always been 8.30. Anyway. I'm telling All right. you. All right. I believe you. This is what happens. 8.30. <laughs> right. We're not even married. 8.30. <laughs> on September 11th at Calamityville. Yeah. Get there early because it usually fills up parking. You know, Correct. Park nearby and walk. Yeah. I don't, right. I don't have any other details for that. And September's and then summer's pretty much over and we're... Uh, and, and that's and then October, and you know what happens. Uh, really, September starts to get really busy downtown. Foy's yeah. starts to really get you know, going. People seem to come there starting in September, so that's really when downtown starts to light up and right and be crazy. So yeah. and then October happens, and then November, and then by twenty twenty four, my eyes will just be here. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Years over. So yeah. What other updates? Anything else? Oh. I don't have any. Now that we fought, (laughs) (laughs) we're going to arm wrestle the next time. (laughs) It's probably something you can look up. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. (laughs) We notoriously don't do, I don't do any research before we get going. I, you know, I just try to note some things, but yeah, we go on the fly here. This is what happens. Yeah. We we may edit that part out of this podcast. Oh no, if I'm right, I'm not editing anything. (laughs) All right. Fred, any final thoughts? No, I'm good. Thanks for being here. <laughs> Appreciate you telling your story. Thank you yeah, for it's terrific. Yeah. Please go to Juby's uh, and get ice cream. Yeah. Um, if you have any printing needs, please. Domico Printing is—they do an excellent job. They're quick on the turnaround, and it's you help a small business in Fairborn. It's Absolutely. terrific. So thanks, I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. And that's it. We will see you around town.